Hey, it's Beth here. Episode 435, over 65, and sometimes feeling like my age really tells me something. Like I do know things. And I really do know that this movie, Chevalier, was given, this guy was given short shrift. He is so much bigger than this movie. I watched the movie, I thought I was watching an episode of Brickerton. And I, I couldn't believe it. So I did a bunch of history on this guy. And everything was just reduced to some third grade mentality about it. He was the child of a plantation owner and his, his housemaid. And the guy had a child in wedlock, a daughter, and this one son, and he gave the son his surname, which was absolutely not done at the time. And he brought the boy up to France to give him an education at seven years old, because he could tell he had a genius on his hand, a physical, mental, musical genius on his hand. And he did. And he gave this boy all of his money and he sent him to the finest school. And at that school, it, it looks like in the movie where the guy go, just drops the kid off and says, do what you can. But this father actually in real life was very involved, came up over and over to watch this son's development. And he became the finest fencing horseman that ever went to the school. They had never seen anyone like him and he, for 15 years, from seven until 21, did fencing with every single person who ever wanted to go against him, and he won every single challenge. His father adored him. And so then, he went on to become, okay, so he, he went and he handled every ad adversary he ever had to the point where public opinion called him a champion and he became a knight, a chevalier, in his father's name. He gave his father this gift of advancing the family name. This is not in the movie. He was popular, he was handsome, he was also called the best dancer. All the girls loved him. He is by far. I mean, the guy in the movie is handsome, but the pictures of this man are, he's beyond exquisite. So he, he took the country over by storm. And then at 21, he realized that he liked music. So he studied it for two years and he went up against Mozart and, and he beat him in a standing ovation. I don't even know what this guy's made of. So then they wanted to make him the head of the um, Paris Opera House and Marie Antoinette was in love with him. He came to all the parties. Everyone danced with him. Everyone loved him. He was funny, witty, everything. And the three divas at the, this is true, the three divas at the um, Opera House said they wouldn't do anything if, if he remained the man who was going to take over. So Maria's, Marie Antoinette said, fine. And she created an opera house in her own palace which actually hurt her because she separated herself from the aristocrats. It was a very small audience, only people that understood that 
that Joseph was the best. So all of this was going on and he he did have this affair with this woman and the whole movie is based on this. It's okay, because the woman who plays this character, her name is Samara Waring, and she plays Maria Josephine. She steals the screen. She's so amazingly beautiful and wonderful. And he falls in love with her and she's a married woman. And she decides to be in his opera when her husband would kill her if she did it. She did it while he was gone. They had this affair and it was really tender and really sweet. And she got pregnant. And when the baby was born, the husband came back and saw that it was dark and he killed the baby. Okay, this overwhelmed the movie because Joseph's reaction to her is very selfish. When she comes and talks to him afterwards, he's like, what happened to my baby? And okay, maybe I'm sorry for you, but what happened to my baby? You should have come off with me. He's just so caddish. And I researched all of the history I could find out about this guy, and he wasn't that way. He was heartbroken about what happened. He didn't, he what, so the movie just, I'm telling you, this movie is so unfair to this guy. He was so much better than that. And so then he was part of the revolution. He became friends with, um, he became friends with um, the nobility, one particular person who became the picture of 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 the future of of England. Of, of okay, so he was Louis the Fifteenth of France. They became very good friends. He is the cousin of the king, and he is all about liberation, and he's all about getting rid of slavery. And his palace becomes the Palais Egalité. Egalité. Everybody comes. Everybody cares. He goes to England, but he takes his best friend Joseph because he knows Joseph is going to make the English care. Well, they do. And there is this huge duel that became... I don't even know how to compare it to anything. It was bigger than, you know, the Olympics when um, Hitler was watching our runner from America, what happened was there was this duel and he dueled, this woman was the best duelist in England. I can't believe this is true, but it's true. And Joseph had been in a duel with her eight years previously when she was a man. So this was like the first cross-dresser and both societies valued this person beyond belief because the dueling, they said in England that she combined male traits and female traits, which made her the best duelist in the world. The French knew her as a man. He knew this duelist and he knew that she was the greatest because she, he said that she looked into the opponent's eyes and could see what they were doing with their female wiles. And she's a huge person but she had the female mind that could break a man. So he had a duel with her, and it was the best duel anyone had ever seen, and she won. And so the French and the English went crazy for Philippe and Joseph, and that's how the French came back and they had the revolution, and they got money from England and care from England to get it done. And so, what the, so then they say in the credits, 
that Joseph during the French Revolution had um, 700 Haitians that were in a battalion with him. That's not true. He had 80 Haitians that were in the battalion with him, battalion with him. 720 Frenchmen watched the way he commanded his troops. And those 720 white Frenchmen went into his battalion, battalion to be with him. So he was just bigger than everything they tell in the story. And it's even amazing because James Monroe said that he was the best pistol baller that ever lived. He could, he could, he could handle the gun better than anybody that anyone had ever seen. And then John Adams, the second president of America, said he was the most accomplished writer, shooter, fencer, dancer, and musician he had ever seen in his life. You know, and they reduced this movie to just this boudoir ripping thing. This, this is sad because this guy is so much bigger than anything you could imagine. I mean, every hundred years somebody comes along like this. And he was that guy. And the movie just does not tell the story of his life. And we're ready for it. And the actor, he's a good actor, but he's not believable in this role. He's just not awe-inspiring or huge or commanding like this guy was. And I've looked at pictures of him and there have been accounts and I've read letters that people have wrote about him. They wrote over and over about his commanding way. And his, he was friendly, but commanding. Kind of like Sam Houston or George Washington is the way they write about him. And this movie just takes one little tiny aspect of his life and destroys it. So this was a very sad movie for me to see. And I just want you to know that this guy, Joseph Ballone, was so much bigger than this movie and I just hope somebody comes back and does it right. Don't see it. Just remember what I told you. It's the better story. This man was bigger than life. <sighs> I wish I hadn't seen it and I'm, I'm really trying to stay sane but I hate that the people can do whatever they want to do with an historical figure. They don't have a right to do it. They need to be fair, and this was just not fair. So that's what happened, and I'm glad I saw it. I saw it for you. Don't see it, and I will be back. Thanks.